G'day wherever you may be around the world, and thank you for your company once again on truthtoyou.org. That's truth number two, letter U.org. I'm Jono, of course. Joining me is Ross Nichols, author of The Moses Scroll. That's themosesscroll.com, the website, themosesscroll.com. G'day, mate. Hello, Jono. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you, my friend. You know what? I was just yeah. thinking uh, as we went to air. I think this is probably, have we done any other series? I think this must be episode 12 that we're doing right now. I think that's the most we've ever done without getting distracted into something else. Okay, <laughs> I, I, well, I know for me, I can't break free. This has got me, this thing, this whole it, subject. It's got me as well. Like, we have no intention of slowing down here whatsoever. And uh, we've done uh, 12 episodes on the same, and, well, really, we've done more than that, haven't we? Because we, we started uh, talking about the Moses Scroll before we decided to go through the text systematically. Yep. So perhaps, I don't know, 15 or 16 programs on this very topic, and there's so much more, and we have absolutely no intention of slowing down, but this is where we are, episode 12. And last week, we did the, let's see, the commandment that was... Honor your And this is number three, honor your father and your mother. That's it. And uh, where we are now, there's a, uh, a set of three, you shall nots, thou shalt nots. Uh, that is, in fact, I'll just read them. Okay. Uh, we're only going to get to the first one in this program, but it is, you shall not kill uh, the soul of your brother. I am Elohim, your Elohim. You shall not commit adultery with the woman of your neighbor. I am Elohim, your Elohim. You shall not steal the property of your brother. I am Elohim, your Elohim. The reason why I read you know, those three out all altogether, uh, it's interesting to me that um, these concur with with Exodus 20 and uh, verse 13 and Deuteronomy 5.17. However, Ross, they omit the qualifiers of each commandment. This is an interesting thing. Right. Uh, The Moses scroll, in this case, has a little bit more information. It has qualifiers to each of these, uh, of the 10 words here, uh, these three, that are missing from the canonical text. That is to say the soul of your brother the woman of your neighbor, the property of your brother. Right. Uh, so we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. So there. So these qualifiers are in addition, in this case, to the information that we have in the canonical 10 words. And uh, we will touch on, on each of those in further detail. And they become more interesting as well uh, when we look at the blessings and the curses in some cases. So we're going to get into that. But for this program, we are focusing on the first uh, of these three, you shall not kill the soul of your brother, Ross. Yeah, let me jump in and just kind of underscore one of the things that you said. We know that there are things that are similar between the 10 words that are contained in the Moses scroll and with the canonical text. And one of those things that you pointed out, just so people don't miss this, the order for at least four of these, the Sabbath, uh, honor your father and your mother, you shall not kill, adultery, and steal. Those, uh, how many is that? Five. That's five, actually. So those mm. five are in the same order, not necessarily the same numbering position as we find in the canonical uh, text, but the order is the same. So you you go mm-hmm. from Sabbath, honor your father and your mother, and now we're at this one about kill. Now, uh, look, this even though it's only one, I told you before we went live on air, I really don't think we're going to get past this one, and it's not because we're just trying to drag this series out. We have plenty to talk about about this There's scroll, a lot in it. 
And and mm. but I will say this, and by the way, just on that note, I'm working closely with Dr. James Tabor, who by the way, this hey, James. weekend, James is participating in uh a bar seminar. Oh, yeah. And and he's talking about the Shapira scroll. Is it a fa- this isn't the title, but it's something like this. Uh, is it a historical, you know, ancient document or is it a fraud? So he's going to be talking to a lot of people uh, that are signed up for this uh, bar seminar. Mm. Now I I can't will that, afford let, it. Let me ask you: Will that be much. available to? Yeah, I kind of. But but will it be available online eventually? That that uh, particular seminar, or will he? You know, give I don't it know. I, I don't know. Sometimes biblical archaeology will run these past conference lectures and sell them in the magazine or whatever. I hope that that's mm-hmm. the case. But, you know, I think it was $200 to sign up for the whole weekend. And the only one I would want to listen to is Dr. Tabor. It's James. And, and yeah. $200, I mean, I'll just call James and say, James, can you, can you <laughs> tell me what you're going to say? So so anyway, no, I I don't know, but but I will well, say listen, this. Well, listen, once it's yep. run, once it's run its course, though, maybe we can get James to come on and and tell us uh, the gist of his of his presentation. That would be uh, as part that of would be series. really good. Yeah, that would I think be we really can twist good. his arm. And yeah, make I, that think, I think. But what you were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, between uh, James Tabor, uh, Edan Dershowitz, uh, Matthew mm. Hamilton, other people who are interested in the Shapira story. We're working together, which is far greater than individuals working on their own, but we've actually Mm. compiled our resources and we're beginning to share more and more and more each week. And and I can tell you that there are things coming out in the near future that people are just going to be blown away. For instance, one other thing before we get into the text tonight, uh, I can tell you that in Bar Magazine, in the fall edition, which I think is probably going to be published in uh, uh, early November, there's mm. an article that Edan Dershowitz and James Tabor wrote together on advocating for the authenticity of Shapira's manuscript. That's going to appear nice. in bar. Now, there are going to be some detractors, some people who are going to say it's not, who publish a separate article, but they... People that are listening to us can just rip that out and throw it away and just, no. No, I I want people to read all of it, but I'm convinced. So anyway, Mm. uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So there's a lot going on in the world of Shapira studies. And and I should say this, you mentioned how we have really been sticking with this uh, for months now. I don't see Mm. anything but fascinating subject material from this text. It It's just taken mm. over everything that I think because I do believe it's authentic. All right, I'm ready. Absolutely, I'm, that's, so that's do I. And, and, and I have to say, uh, just in that, and I've mentioned this before, of course, that I've, I've never learned so much about the canonical text yeah. as I have through studying this document, the Moses Scroll. Same. Uh, it's been brilliant. Now, uh, I have some questions for you, Ross. Okay. And... And and I guess it's the first obvious question someone would ask uh, when they read this particular commandment in the Moses scroll. Mm-hmm. You read, you shall not kill the soul of your brother. And the first thing that comes to mind is, what is the soul and why should that be added in? Like if, it's, if it merely said, Ross, mm-hmm. you shall not kill 
Well, that's one thing. And if it said, you shall not kill your brother, well, okay, there's the qualifier. What does it mean that you shall not kill the soul of your brother? What exactly is the soul, Ross? Okay, that's a great question. Before I answer that, I want to say there's another thing that should stand up in this text, at least the way I translated it. You shall not Mm -hmm. kill. Now, is it, and we'll get into this as well, what's the difference? Because I grew up and I learned... Look, Ross, there's a difference between killing and murdering. You can you can kill because sometimes killing is commanded. Uh, but mm-hmm. but most people will tell you that the word the words lotirtsak, which is where we get the translation, you shall not murder, you shall not kill. Most people will tell you that tirtsak means murder and not kill. All right. So anyway, so we'll we'll get to that as well. But if we start mm-hmm. with the idea of soul, this is this is really a tough word. And let me tell you why. I remember years and years ago when James Tabor began working on the original Bible project, is what it was called, the Transparent English Bible. Mm. One of the words that really stood out for us to wrestle with was the word nephesh. And and that's the word used here in the Moses scroll. You shall not mm-hmm. kill the soul, I translate it soul, uh, but does it really mean soul? Now, I put a footnote in my translation the first time that I used the word soul, and I did that for a reason uh, because I didn't want people to be confused. When you see the word mm-hmm. soul, uh, this is what I wrote in my footnote. I've translated the Hebrew word nephesh, nun, pei, shin, according to the traditional soul, despite the fact that it reflects an understanding much different from what the Hebrew means. The main idea of the Hebrew word is the essence of life rather than a separate component of a person. When a man was created and the breath of life was breathed into his lifeless body, only then did man become a living soul. One more sentence. In the Hebrew Bible, a soul can die, and therefore the idea of an immortal soul is foreign to the Hebrew Scriptures. Mm. Now, the reason I went to that length to justify my use of soul, what I'm basically saying is, when you see nephesh, most people think soul. But the question becomes, is soul, like, is it really that you and I, Jono is a, a body a soul, and a spirit. That's what most people believe. Jews, Christians, Mm. right? I mean, that's what they think, Mm. that there is an immortal soul. But my reference point, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and I'll just bring us through it, God creates forms, uh, Adam, dust of the ground. Okay, so he makes this body. You can can now Mm. see a body there, but it's lifeless, And it says, then he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, and man, Adam, becomes a living Living nephesh. Well, Mm. so that indicates to me that there can be, um, if there's a living soul, what else is there? And and that brings me, think about this idea. Look at uh, Ezekiel, just so people would know this. Some probably already have it in their mind. But Ezekiel 18 mentions mm. this in a couple of passages. Let's look at Ezekiel 18.4. Uh, and I'll just pick up the last sentence 
And if I read it from the JPS, it says, The person who sins, only he shall die. And the same phrase is used in uh, Ezekiel 18.20. But that's not really what that says in the Hebrew. That's the translation. So let Mm -hmm. me open up the Hebrew here. Um, Let's see. Where it says, the soul that sins, it's hanefesh, the soul, which sins, he shall die. Uh, so, so what do you think about that? Can a soul die? Now, the interesting thing about this is, in this particular, uh, in the ten words in the Moses scroll, it talks about uh, a soul uh, killing the soul, ratzak. Now, I think Tabor translates it in his book of Genesis as where it says a living soul. It's a living mm-hmm. life breather because nephesh yeah. at its root meaning has to do with the throat, like breathing, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's okay. my understanding. It's not a separate, like we're not a trinity. A person is not a trinity of different components, body, mm-hmm. soul, and spirit. It is a body with breath equals mm. a soul. So then when you take the breath from someone, they're no longer a living soul. That's the understanding okay. I have. All right. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. But it's but it's interesting that it is included in the 10 words because, as I said, if it just said, you shall not kill your brother, yeah. what are the two ways uh, of, under, of understanding this? I mean, why why should it go to the extent of saying you shall not kill the soul of your brother. I don't have an answer to that, and I just wondered if uh, if you have any speculation there. Well, it is it is interesting, and I don't know. I know you and I both study. We never discuss these before we go live, but I know you study different angles, and I study, and then we come together. One mm. thing that I did find this week is that to kill the soul, or uh, in this case, in the Moses scroll, it uses ratzak, uh, by the way, you shall not kill is in, uh, it, it's you masculine singular. You shall mm. not ratsak. Now, what does ratsak mean? So I was curious, not only in defining that accurately for my translation, but I was also curious where in the Hebrew Bible does it say ratsak in association with the word nephesh. Now, are you familiar with... Did you do any research on this? Did you look it up? I don't know that I did. Tell tell me what you came up with. All right. So look at number... There are only four or five of them, so it won't take us but a minute. But look at Numbers chapter 35. And um, let's see, verse 11. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the English in the JPS, which is mostly not so literal. Uh, this is in context. Chapter 35 is talk, of Numbers is talking about the cities of refuge. So if someone kills another person, ratzak, mm-hmm. they flee to one of these cities of refuge. And then there is a determination uh, that you, you, the, the people have to decide, was it intentional or unintentional? Or as the Bible mm-hmm. says, uh, with knowledge... You know, like, did you knowingly, did you intent? It's about intent. But anyway, Mm. verse 11 says, Then you shall select cities. I'm reading actually from the ESV, I think. Uh, Then you shall select cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer... Now, in in Hebrew, this is rotseach. It's from the same root word, ratzak. You can even hear it in there, rotseach. 
that the mm-hmm. that the manslayer who kills any person without intent may flee there. Now, this is obviously the case in this verse of a person who kills another human, but it's unintentional. But the right. word so, so the example that we have is the axe head flew off the handle exactly. and and hit Jimmy in the head and now he's dead and whoops That's right. that was entirely a mistake. Yeah. Yep. And so he flees to the city of refuge. Now here's the idea. The manslayer, where it says, who kills any person, it's the rotseach, make nefesh, who strikes a soul or a, well, how do we translate nefesh? A soul or a, in this case, the translator uses person. I'm okay with that because, again, it tends to mean the essence of a person. You, you're, you're basically the mm-hmm. life force any mm-hmm. any person who slays the life person uh, life force of another person without intent. So that was the phrase I was looking for. Anything with ratzak and nefesh. Here we have one example. Now look at uh, Deuteronomy. I'm only going to give a couple of these that I highlighted. Look at Deuteronomy 22 uh, verse 26. Uh, now in this case. Uh, We're going to start at the second part. For this case is like that of a man attacking and murdering his neighbor. This is the translation in 1226. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 2226. But where it says uh, murdering, here in the other it said slaying or killing. Murder here is ratzak, nefesh, to slay or to slaughter the soul, right? So again, mm-hmm. it, it has to do with taking the life force from another human. Uh, and one more, look at Joshua chapter 20 and verse 3. Joshua 23. Okay, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. Again, it's talking about the cities of refuge. Uh, hmm. but, but where it says a manslayer, that's a rotseak who make nefesh, who strikes a soul. Now, the interesting thing about our text in the Moses scroll, it seems to use this same idea to uh, to slay or to kill the soul. That's not a mm-hmm. non-biblical idea. In fact, see your point. you know, it occurs in other places in the Hebrew Bible. So 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 the thing that I'm picking up from you and tell me if I'm representing this fairly is that uh, many of those passage, passages that you just cited will refer to the, sli- the 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 killing of the nefesh but has to additionally uh, qualify by saying unintentionally. Like if 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 uh, if that happens unintentionally, then we have a provision for that. Here, not so. If you uh, you shall not kill the soul of your brother, and it stops short, regardless. Exactly. And and, and so I wonder if uh, if what it is suggesting is a premeditated intention. Uh, in this particular commandment, which I suppose would make sense. Do you think that might be fair? I think that's very fair, and I think it's why people will often say what I started this conversation with is that there is a distinction between murder and killing because the the Hebrew rotseach can mean both. A rotseach can be a manslayer who unintentionally mm. takes a life or... It can be a, in our English, it can be a murderer 
who intends to do it. And like you intends. said, we, we get the example in Numbers 35 as a clear example. You and Jimmy are out chopping wood. The axe head hits him and he dies. It's clearly unintentional. But you have to get away because I never liked Jimmy. Jimmy's family, though, they're going to say, you know, Jono killed Jimmy with an axe. Well, that's that's yeah, true. It's true, but it's not <laughs> totally true. You know, it's not all the truth. Now, one other thing I'll bring up, because this is going to play in when we get later, further down in the Moses scroll, Deuteronomy 27, 25. Cursed be anyone Mm. who takes a bribe or a gift to shed innocent blood, all right? Mm. Uh, And all the people shall say amen. Uh, Again, this is someone who has something to do with the blood of the innocent and it's the nephish dam naki, the blood of an innocent nephish, an innocent soul, basically. Right. So right. I, I think you're exactly right to zero in on this idea that that what we're really talking about here is uh, is is to kill mm. with the intent, with with, with a motivated intent. Yeah. So I, I, I think you're right, and I'll tell you why, in addition to the reasons that you just mentioned, and this is actually something that you highlighted to me, uh, is that the last two, uh, and we'll get there eventually, but let's just quickly touch on them now, the last two uh, words in the Moses scroll, the second last, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, is basically saying, do not covet the uh, the woman of your neighbor or, or any of, of his property. Do not desire to make his stuff yours uh-huh. which is kind of the premeditated uh, uh you shall not commit adultery yeah. okay um it, it's the thoughts preceding adultery if you like and the last one is you shall not hate your brother in your heart which yeah. again may be the uh the preceding uh, motivation for killing the soul of your brother do you think that might be fair I think it's very fair, and beyond being fair, I think it's very accurate in the sense that I think a lot of people, probably not your listeners at Truth To You, uh, but but a lot of people have this idea that the Torah, or the law as many people would call it, is strictly there to guard you against bad actions. So in other words, Mm. you're, you're not supposed to steal another man's woman, for which we'll get into that. Uh, mm. in our next class, I guess, but uh, or in the next coming. But the idea is not only are you not to do the physical act, but mm. the words of God, I think, are to aim for us to control even our thoughts and our not just our actions. So it's mm. not enough because I think once you begin to imagine and you let your mind run free, uh, people often, you know, will say, "No, I thought about this for a long time," and you know, and next thing you know, they're they've got a bomb strapped to their chest. You know, it's not like it mm. just happened, mm. uh, heat of the moment kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that there's something to this intent. Again, the Hebrew Bible puts it quite often as um, as without knowing. Mm. You, you didn't you didn't know this. You didn't when you went out with Jimmy to chop wood. You didn't have it in your mind to you know, crack him in the head. It just happened. And I think that's that's the driver in this particular case. And uh, The soul of... So it's an interesting thing that I don't think that it is reflected like this anywhere else in the text. I don't think it's, it's, it's explicit like this. You shall not kill the soul of your brother in the canonical text. It was curious to me, and I, I was reading 
a book from 67, 1967, The Ten Commandments in Recent Research, I guess it was recent then, uh, by John Jacob, Johann Jacob Stamm and Maurice Edward Andrew. And they quoted a German theologian by the name of Karl-Heinz Rabas, and, uh, and that he, uh, Rabas, uh, speculated that the original commandments may have been a dodecalogue, a, a, a list of 12. Anyway, when he got to um, his uh, this particular commandment, it was curious, Ross, that he has, you shall not kill a man in his soul. We would love to know what motivated him to write that. Uh, I don't Absolutely. read Hebrew. When, when you, <laughs> Hebrew, German, I don't read German, so I have no idea, but we're going to find out. Yeah, you brought that up to me, and I think it's very important to study. You, and you can tell me offline, but what year did he write this? You know, because that's uh, Well, something... he wrote that in 49, 1949. Okay. Right. This book was written in 67, so uh, it is obviously post-Shapira uh, scroll. I wonder if he got his motivation from there or what his reasonings were uh we'll see if we can find out and if we do we'll certainly bring that to you the listener so that's a curious thing you know it could be that this scholar was familiar with some of the verses that we covered just a moment ago where it does mention ratzak and soul so it, it could be apart from you know his awareness of anything because like you said, I, I'm aware of no other text, not not only in the canonical text, but certainly of the Ten Words, which mm. says uh, you shall not uh, kill the soul of your brother. I searched in vain for that. I was only able to find uh, kill, ratzak, and nefesh in the same verse four mm-hmm. or five times. But So it could be that this person just noticed that and said, you know, that's Mate. probably what it was originally. Could could well be. So here's a curious thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you shall not kill the soul of your brother. The uh, soul of your brother removed from the, uh, fails to to appear anyway in the canonical text, um, flies in the face of Exodus 32, 27 and Numbers 25, 5. This was very interesting to me, Ross. Okay. Um, those particular uh, passages, I'll just read them. This is Exodus 32, 27. Now bear in mind, Israel, they're at Mount Sinai, as it is in Exodus. Um, They're at Mount Sinai. They've just heard audibly the Ten Words. Moses has just gone up to receive the the copy of the Ten Words on the stone tablets. Uh, He's on his way down and uh, discovers here they are with the golden calf. What's the verse? Uh, I'm sorry, 32. I mean, 32. Smashes the uh, the stone tablets, um, has words with everyone. It's all very serious. You're all in trouble. And he says, who is on my side? Who is on the Lord's side, actually, he says. And the, the Levites go, yeah, I'm up. And the Levites uh, go to Moses. And then he. this is directly after receiving the 10 words, right, mm-hmm. including the one that we've just been focusing on. And Moses, uh, according to Exodus chapter 32, 27, says, then he said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from the gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother Mm. and his companion and his neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, All I'm saying is that doesn't appear, that narrative does not appear in the Moses scroll, and it does fly in the face of the, uh, the commandment as we read it in the Moses scroll. Uh, now, shall I read the other one, or did you have a comment there? Yeah, I was just going to make one comment because people are they're going to look closely at this. The only difference, and that that's an excellent point you bring up, 
Instead of uh, Ratzak, it, it's, it uses Harag, uh, Hey, Reish, Gimel. But, I mean, it, that means to slay. So you, somebody could kill their brother and say, well, I didn't technically Ratzak him, I Haragged him. I'm using <laughs> Anglo-Hebrew, which is not proper. But, but, but that's the idea. But your point mm. is valid. Here, they're commanded to go line up and, and kill their brother. And I think some people might say, well, yeah. And that's why we have a difference in manslaughter or ordered, ordained killing. Like if someone commits a heinous crime. But again, in the Moses scroll, there's none of this, is there? Mm-hmm. See, there, there really isn't. And I, and I personally, I do have to question it. because, And I'll say that outright. And I understand that might make a lot of people cringe. But the nature of this document rests upon the authority, the higher authority, mm-hmm. um, uh, the authority of, of the words that are spoken. It dilutes that authority by having to enforce it through the hand of men as if somehow the authority is threatened. Yeah. I really do not believe that God is threatened. And I don't, I, I'm just, just dropping that. I mean, I could go on and we probably will get there and we'll do a program on this, but I question it. The, the other one is Numbers 25 verse 5. Okay. Uh, it says, Numbers 25, 5, and this is the story, uh, and we've just passed this in the Moses scroll, and of course it appears in detail uh, in the canonical text, the incident at uh, Baal Peor, um, uh, Beit Peor, and, uh, and the daughters of Midian, and, and so on and so forth. And post that incident, Moses says to the judges of Israel, each of you kill those of his men mm-hmm. who have yoked themselves to Baal Peor. Yep. Uh, those of his men, that, that would certainly suggest those within his tribe, those, you know, who are his, uh, go throughout and knock them off. Uh, again, flying in the face of this particular commandment, and we do not have a record of this particular event in the Moses scroll. In fact, in the Moses scroll, uh, Moses instructs the fighting men to go and wage battle with the men of Midian, understanding that what had just taken place was a calculated attack, Ross. Yeah. No, I, I think you brought up a couple of key verses in this. And it does make us really think, you know, what what actually transpired in these situations. Here you have two examples of the command to kill, whether the verb is different or not. The idea is to take the life of uh, mm. another uh, another uh, human. And, and so the idea that's conveyed in the Moses scroll in the text even though the word kill is used, I translate it kill and not murder, there does tend to be this idea that it has to do primarily with intent. And and I want to drill that a little bit further. Can I? Is, is it okay to Go. do that right now? So Go ahead. I, I was really curious about this because uh, because of what I know about the Hebrew Bible and when does the Hebrew Bible authorize, take, authorize in air quotes, the taking of another life. I think we need to really think about the severity of this mm, because mm. the Hebrew word ratzak is broader in its understanding than people will say. For instance, uh, again, I, I keep going back to this. People will say that you're not supposed to murder, but you can at times kill. Uh, and so I was curious. So I looked up every occurrence of ratzak. 
and it mm-hmm. it appears 42 times. We're not going to go through all of them. Everyone can relax. But I did want to pick up a couple of them just to stress this idea just a little bit further. Look at uh, Deuteronomy, and I'm particularly interested in Deuteronomy uh, 4.42. Again, that the uh, I can go back to verse 1, 4.41. Then, mm. then Moses set apart three cities in the east beyond the Jordan, where the Moses scroll was discovered, by the way, that the manslayer, the Rotsayak, might flee there. Anyone who, Ratsak is the verb there, who kills his neighbor unintentionally. Now, unintentionally there is bivlidat, without knowledge, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and it qualifies it even further, without being at enmity with him in time past. He can flee to one of these cities and so forth. So again, there's that understanding that what is commanded or forbidden, lotirtsak, the soul of your brother, you're not supposed to murder, is, I understand the translation there. Uh, I think we looked at Deuteronomy did we look at Deuteronomy 19? Don't think so. Did okay, we? look at Go ahead. look at look at 19 uh, verse 4. This is the provision, Deuteronomy 19:4. This is a provision for the manslayer, the Rotsayak, who mm-hmm. by fleeing there may save his life. If anyone uh smites his neighbor unintentionally without knowledge, bivlidat, without having hated him in the past, as when someone goes into the forest, there's our example of the tree again, swings the axe, cut down a tree, and the head slips free. Verse 6, that the avenger of blood and hot anger pursue the manslayer and overtake him because the way is long and strike him fatally, though the man did not deserve to die, he, since he had not hated, hated his neighbor in the past. So again, the commandment is that you shall not murder or you shall not kill with the intention if it happens it's still a bad thing it still has to be adjudicated or tried to determine intent uh, but one needs to be very careful to make sure that that that's the case so in other words the hebrew word ratzak uh it it qualifies both or it defines both intentional and unintentional and uh, to cause human death is mm. is a broad way of defining it even through carelessness or negligence. But here the mm. commandment is specifically with intent, I think. Uh, and and right. one, one other thing, if you think back to Genesis 4, 9, you, you have this idea of Cain and Abel. And, right. And Cain kills Abel, uh, Genesis chapter 4. Yep. And the thing that gets me if you when you read this story is that the conversation... What did you do to your brother? Where is your brother at? Mm. You know, and mm. the, the response, according to the story, hey, what am I, my brother's keeper? I think mm. this command kind of ties that idea, circles it in and says, yes, you are. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Uh, uh, did you want to elaborate on that or can no, I? Can no, go I, ahead. Um, jump in. Jump in. I, I'd like to, I, I, I don't <laughs> know what to make of this. And uh, so I'd be interested if you have any thoughts on this, but I found it very curious that the term brother has been expunged from the canonical text, both in the 10 words and in the curses listed in Deuteronomy. Did you notice that? I did not. Well, it's an interesting thing because we have it used a number of times, uh, and, and we'll 
we'll obviously come across this as we go on. But we have brother used as the qualifier a number of times in the 10 words, and it is used uh, in the blessings and the curses. Obviously, mm-hmm. we don't have the blessings in the canonical text. We don't have it in Deuteronomy. Right. We do have uh, an attempt of the curses. But even in the curses, um, the qualifier of, of, of brother is missing. It's, it's gone where it once was. Uh, I find that curious. I think that's intentional. I think we have to come to that conclusion. But even more curious, Ross, as you've just uh, pointed out, uh, one example of is the emphatic use of such expunged themes in Genesis. So it's not just the narratives of Cain and Abel. It's Esau and Jacob. It's Joseph and his brothers. These narratives brightly highlight the themes of hate between brothers and killing uh, or conspiring to kill a brother or stealing from a brother or deceiving a brother. Um, we have those as heavy theme, heavily focused themes in Bereshit, but the commandments or any uh, relation to brother in, within the commandments or the, the blessings and the curses have been removed from the canonical text. Thoughts? Yeah, it, well, so let's talk, let's think a little bit about brother. How do we define brother? Mm. Uh, biblically, you know, there are examples okay. of a very narrow understanding of brother, and then there are some that are a little bit wider, but what, what sure. we see... So Cain and Abel, they they are, according to the biblical text, they are blood brothers, the same father and mother. Uh, we have examples of that. Look, uh, and I put a couple of these in my notes too. Look at Deuteronomy uh, 13.6. This is one way to define brother. Um, yeah, let's see if I have the right verse here. Uh, if your brother, right? If your brother, that's uh, Ahika, the son of your mother. Okay, so that's the way we understand a literal brother. You know, your your brother, your physical brother. Mm. Uh, look at Deuteronomy 15.3. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but whatever of yours is with your brother, uh, your hand shall release. So that distinguishes between a foreigner and your brother. So that would be, do we understand you shall not kill the soul of your brother as like your your own personal family, brother? Mm. That, that's what these texts... Uh, one more that would indicate that's the way the Bible defines it. Ezekiel uh, eleven fifteen, And jump in. I'm just going through a couple of these. No, go ahead. Yeah. Son of man, Ezekiel eleven fifteen. Your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them. Well, that's pretty specific, right? Mm-hmm. So... So quite often, biblically, you would be led to believe, based on this this word, this commandment, that you're not supposed to kill, an Israelite is not supposed to kill another Israelite. A Hebrew is not supposed mm. to kill another Hebrew. But that opens up the question, well, what if someone is not my brother? What if someone mm. is not a Hebrew or not an Israelite? Is it okay then, Jonah? Uh, That's... That's, that's now that that's a really good question, and the and and the question of is it okay, I think is, um, I think it misdirects the point of of the actual commandments. So the commandments seem to be, as they're represented in the in the Moses scroll, concerned with the uh, let's say the the smooth functioning of society within your general locale. Right. It's not so much concerned with uh, applying a rule of morality to the world at large, 
but rather presenting to a people, this is how you live with one another. Good point. Uh, here is here is some points, uh, some authoritative points from a higher authority to you with the intent of supplying the oil to the machine that is Israeli society. And um, and I think that that is the, the reason why it's presented this way. I don't think it's a, a measure of morality, but rather a measure. It's a, a, I was thinking about this, and I think you would be able to um, talk to this a little bit more. When you were in the military, mm-hmm. um, when you were in the army, you were given an order, and it wasn't up to you. You were given an order by a superior. It wasn't up to you by higher authority, Ross. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wasn't then up to you to think to yourself, well, does this align with my idea of what is moral and what is mo- not moral? Um, you know, maybe they have uh, a bigger picture as to why they've commanded me to do X. But, you know, with what I understand, you know, my, my morality and my measure of morality, I'm just going to decide as to whether or not I'm going to obey this. That's not how it functions in the military. You're given an order by a higher authority, and that's what you do. I mean, can you can you talk to a little bit more of that? Yeah, you you are expected to have a, a system of moral. In other words, you if I'm given a bad, I, I do understand your point. I'll speak to it, but you're you're not expected to be a robot to where you know you totally disregard. And even if someone gives you an order that is unlawful. You're not supposed to dis. You're not supposed to obey any order that just causes you to be reckless or, you know, harm innocent people. However, there is the idea that the higher authority, like I would often be told in the military, this isn't a request. This is an order. Now mm. I, I have to make the decision if that order is lawful or not. But nonetheless, if we're talking about something which comes from God, the idea that you're presenting is very true, very accurate. This is an authoritative document. You are therefore accountable to the fulfilling of this command. Uh, mm. so, so that is the case. So I do think uh, I do think I see what you're saying. In other words, if if people want to function in Israeli society, biblical Israel, the idea was to present certain things uh, that help that flow smoothly. You certainly can't function in society if someone is killing your neighbor, your brother. That just mm. doesn't work. I mean, it, it's it's clearly designed. Now, if every community accepted this, think about what the world would be if uh, everyone understood low tier sock. You know, mm. I mean, it would be a, a much better place, wouldn't you agree? Oh, of course. So that 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 would be my answer to that. This is not to be understood as a as a benchmark of morality, because morality becomes uh, and and I, and I'm not saying that morality has no place, but in this particular case, it becomes redundant when you're talking about authority. We're talking about a higher authority, and we've given we've been given a list of ten things by that higher authority. What other measure do we need to test it with? Right, uh, we're just to implement it, and and it seems to be that you know if you're going to play nice in the sandbox, these are the ten rules, and this is the way that you can be as free as you can with each other as a society. These ten rules uh, are are expected uh, of you to obey. I agree. I, I think it's got to be. I, I mean, these and and I can't if you go through these. Every one of these, if any neighborhood watch got together, you know, a neighborhood starting to form, and whether it's in mm. Australia or even the U.S. Or, or wherever, 
you know, you could sit down and you say, okay, guys, what what are the rules? Well, we're not we're not gonna allow each other to kill. You you can't kill your your brother. You'd be like, well, okay, that, I agree with that one. You're not supposed to steal other people's property. Well, that makes sense. You're not supposed to take another person's want. I mean, these without these, you have utter chaos, and and it just it, it's horrible. That society can't function without these. Mm. And I think there are people who've done a great job. Uh, Dennis Prager is one who talks about the uh, how society. Uh, functions based upon these, and without these, mm, it cannot mm. function. I don't know if you've ever listened to his series. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of, of yeah. Prager. Yeah, but, no, it's very Prager, good. Prager's got some pretty good points on these. Yeah, so, mm. so I, I think that there is that idea that it is these are authoritative, low tiered sock. You don't need a lot more qualification than that. It simply. Mm. Don't. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know. Now it's yeah. uh, again to the point of brother. One thing that just to bring up, uh, I like the way you put it, but it it's not mutually exclusive. I think ideally in the ancient world and the ancient Israelite society, the idea in the ten words is it is talking. I guess you could say locally, your brother, your your members of your own clan, your own tribe, mm. whatever, but. Also, I think the same can apply. Let's call that the micro. On the macro, it also applies. I think we have examples of that. You know, uh, I think in Deuteronomy 23 and 7, you're not supposed to abhor an Edomite. Why? For he is your brother. Mm. All right? So Mm. Israel is reminded in Deuteronomy 23, 7, look, he too is your brother. Uh, Mm. Israel's brother Esau is referred to in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 14. And then yep. in, in and then in Obadiah you have this condemnation because a forsaking of a brotherhood uh Israel is your brother how could you act this way towards your brother literally physically but it it goes beyond the borders of Israel I guess you could say if that of, makes of sense. Just- yeah, and, and clearly beyond the, the border of just the individual tribe. It reminds me, as you're speaking, of uh, the the abhorrent situation in the book of Judges. We won't go into details, but um, the wrath of uh, many tribes fall upon Benjamin. Oh, yeah. And, um, and before they're even wiped out, um, uh, some some men of other tribes say, listen, guys, really, shall we, shall we obliterate uh, a, a whole tribe like our brothers from from existence? I mean – um, Benjamin's almost lost. It's almost uh, a thing of the past. We ought to stop yeah, at this point. Right. Uh, an interesting story, and it comes to mind as you were talking. I think we've. Ex- I have nothing else to add. Did you? Do you have any uh, uh, parting notes? No. I think. I think it's important that we cover whenever. Whenever you look at the text of the Moses scroll, we brought this up before. Uh, let's use a Dead Sea Scroll other than the Moses Scroll. There are times where the text, the Hebrew text, is not so clear. Uh, it mm. could be a hole in the text. It might just be that the, uh, that the letters are not very clearly, you know, they've not survived. For instance, I'm, I'm doing a study right now on another ancient document. There's mm. no, no argument against the authenticity of this document, uh, but it's called the Nash papyrus, and there's a certain word that is uh, very difficult to read, and I mean very difficult to read. 
And and so what people try to do is they're trying to supply what does it say. Now, what does that have to do with the text we're looking at now? In this particular text, uh, Lo Tirzak, um, uh, at Nefesh, this is what it what it reads when it's been restored. But Shapira, Guta, Herman Guta, and Ginsberg all looked at this particular text. And what they saw uh, is a little bit different from person to person. It's only by combining what all three saw that we can restore the text to the to the phrase Lo Tirzak. Uh, mm. Because a couple of the letters... For instance, the Tzadi and, and the uh, Chet of Tirzak were, were underlined by Shapira and Guta and Ginsburg. I don't know if you noticed that huh. in the footnotes. But, but they know that's what it says mm-hmm. uh, based on what else would it be. If, if you mm-hmm. see the, the Tav and the Resh, that's what it says. Uh, and then the word Nefesh is, is pretty clear to all of them. Because they see the pay and the sheen, so it, right. it's. But but again, I love the fact that we're looking at a text which is, in my opinion, very ancient. It does have places that are difficult to read, and and it does require us to really study and say what's the actual reading here. But to your point, when we started, uh, low tirzak is something that we see in Exodus twenty and Deuteronomy five. What we don't see there that we do see in this text is this idea of the soul of your brother. And, mm. and I think what we've effectively done in this particular episode is show that Tirzak and soul appear together in the Hebrew Bible, so that's not mm. a stretch. Uh, and, and so whenever we, we see those two together, to find it here does more to support the reading than it does to take away from it. I think it's a, sure. I think it's a slam dunk, if you will. There it is. I reckon we've covered it. Uh, that is this program, dear listeners. The website is themosescroll.com, themosescroll.com, where you can get a copy if you haven't got it already. They're now out. They're now available in hardcover, beautiful hardcover uh, copy of the Moses Scroll. You can get that there uh, from Amazon. There's a link uh, under this post. There's also obviously a link. And on the website, themosescroll.com. Excellent book by my friend, Ross Nichols. Thank you very much, my friend. And in the meantime, dear listeners, have a good one. Have a beautiful week.